So Good morning. Much. I'm sorry, we're deep in thought. We're, we're uh, just uh, yeah, talking about today's show and where to start. There's so much to talk about. I think we're going to start with the uh, assault weapons ban that they're now talking about. Well, it goes uh, into mental health, too, which is another topic I know we we're going to get into a little bit today. Yeah. So we'll um, get into, uh, we're going to start with uh, the news of the day coming up in uh, just a second. First, let me tell you about our uh, our spotlight sponsor, and it's Brad Thor, good program, a uh, good uh, friend of the program. He's got a new uh, book that is out, an audio book. Oh, Brad Thor's books, of course, uh, the best, yeah, world famous. Brad yeah. is awesome. Uh, he's got uh, Backlash that is out. Mm. I have not read it yet. I just I'm, I have to finish one more book, and then I'm I'm uh, oh, wow. going to listen to that. Oh yeah, that's great. Do yeah. the audio book. That'll be great. I, I tell you, I've been listening to audiobooks lately. It makes it so much better. You're just driving to and from work, and you can listen to Backlash, which is just a a thriller. It is just it's just nonstop. Everybody that I know that has read it has said it's his best book yet. It's available now on CD, or you can download it instantly uh, from your favorite real uh, from your favorite retailer. It is Backlash. Go to uh, BradThor.com for more information. Diffusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. We're so glad that you have tuned in today uh, because we needed to have a talk about what's really happening. What's really happening uh, and what we're facing and what choices we have in front of us. Would you turn in your gun? Would you turn your gun in if the federal government decided, uh, yeah, we got we to gotta confiscate guns? Peter King now is, uh, is sponsoring a new assault weapons ban because it worked so well the first time. So we have an assault weapons ban. Why? Well, because people are panicking. And Republicans are falling in line. Now, Donald Trump seemed to take a step in the opposite direction yesterday. But we need to talk about that. And I'd like to know from you. You willing to turn in your guns? Let's open up the phone line. 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. We go there next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, on the average, it takes police 45 minutes to respond to a home security alarm. And that's not because they're not doing something or a Dunkin' Donuts or whatever joke it is. It's because whenever there is a burglar alarm that goes off in a house, that usually is just a false alarm. I don't know how many times the police have shown up at my house. And it's because we've had a false alarm. I'm like, I'm sorry. They're like, we're going to start charging you lots of money here soon. And I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. Anyway... That's why it takes 45 minutes, because your 911 call goes to the bottom of the list. However, if you have Simply Safe, because they're the only people that are monitoring homes that have this ability now, if you have Simply Safe and you put their security camera there and you ask them, no extra charge, nothing, they will give video verification. Now, what video verification means is they call the police when they're calling the police because your alarm went off. They call and say, yes, and we have eyes on somebody has broken into the house. That changes the response time from 45 minutes to seven minutes. Right now, Simply Safe has a huge deal going on just so you can get protection like no other company provides. No contracts, 
no fine print. You own the system, uh, and it's fifteen bucks a month, fourteen ninety nine. I mean, you can't beat it. It's a hundred dollar value right now. You'll get the free HD security camera that will provide that video verification. All you have to do is go to simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. The assault weapons ban that Democratic leaders have been reluctant to advance, despite strong support among their rank-and-file members in the House, just got its first Republican backer. Yay, it's Pete King. Peter King said, these are weapons of mass slaughter. Huh. I don't see any need for them in everyday society. Huh. I mean, if Pete doesn't see it, then... Uh, then it's I think Constitution why? says it, there's a Pete clause yeah. in the Constitution that right. anyone named Pete shall not be infringed except by except a guy by named, named Pete. Pete right yeah. so that's why Mayor Pete is such a big candidate on the left right because he right. can step in and, and ban anything any due to the Pete clause right there is no Pete clause you know what's really amazing to me let me let me let me explain the Constitution right now people are saying we have to change the Constitution and take that right away now what does it say in our declaration of independence what is our mission statement we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal there is no peat clause that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable unchangeable rights among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So let me let me take it out of the political realm. What was the story yesterday, Stu? Oh, um, the story yesterday that talked about how uh, forty was it forty five children or thirty five children? Thirty five children uh, have been killed in a hot car this year alone. Last year, it was like 56 people were killed yeah, in 50, a hot car. 52, and it was children, 52 children. Children, children. Mm-hmm. What happens is the parents are so dumb, they leave their kid in a hot car. Now, your kid can die within 15 minutes. Left in a hot car, a car can go up in temperature within 10 minutes, and a, a child can die in 15. Now... We all seem to know not to do that to dogs. But our children, well, they're sleeping. Yeah, and it's 100 degrees outside. Or it's 90 degrees outside, and that car is, a, is an oven. So what are you going to do about it? There are more kids that die in hot cars than there were kids that were killed by guns this year. Well, you're talking about mass shootings. So I yeah, think mass shootings. Am I, am mass I shootings. misunderstanding? Because yeah. I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. The Washington What's, Post made up a this big profile, and they said fifty-four years, one hundred and sixty-five mass shootings, one thousand one hundred ninety-six victims, and they listed them all in very tiny print to kind of give you this overwhelming yes. feeling that like the how the big of a problem is. Mm-hmm. Well, the, that winds up to be twenty-two people per year, which is a year. problem. Like, it, it's, is. it is not nothing. It's a it big is. deal. 30, Thirty-five children just this year in a hot car. Last year it was fifty-two children. That's a lot. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's way too many. No kid should die in a hot car. That's crazy. But we don't ban cars. Now, here's the, here's the other thing we don't ban. 
We also don't tell people you have to have a license and a background check to have a child. Why? Now, to adopt, sure. But to have a child? No, that is your in, uh, inalienable right. That power to have a child was bestowed on you with God. So if your body is working the way God intended it, well, you can have a child. And no one, no one in this country would say, oh, well, let's infringe on those rights. You know, I, I want to see, before you have a child, I want to make sure that you're a good parent. I want to make sure that you're the right kind of people. You know the only people who ever infringed on that? Progressives. Progressives. It's the reason we have a blood test. Now, why do we have a blood test today? Why do we have it? Does it I mean, do they do anything with it? What, what the hell is the blood test for? The blood test was to make sure that you weren't marrying any cousins. You weren't marrying any undesirables. You're not, you're not going to marry one of them useless people. It was the beginning steps of eugenics to make sure that we only allow the right people to breed. We don't want a country of imbeciles and idiots and, quote, coloreds. That's why we have the blood test and the marriage license. It was an evil reason to start it. So now, what the hell are we doing? Do they have a right to do that? Do you think they have a right to tell you, hey, by the way, you can only have one child? No, because it's a God-given right. That's what the Bill of Rights means. That's what our Declaration of Independence means. That's what's different about us than any other country. We say that man is born with certain rights, and one of those rights is to defend yourself. Well, how are you going to defend yourself? You're, what, you're going to defend yourself against the United States military? Well, yeah, it, it seems to me that ISIS and Al-Qaeda and everybody else was doing a pretty good job. Seems like the rebels in the Middle East are doing a pretty good job. What is it that, why are they holding up flags, American flags, and signs that say we need a Second Amendment in Hong Kong today? Because, yes, if that's your only, if that's the last resort, if your government has become so tyrannical, yes, I will defend myself against fighter jets and tanks. I will. We all will. <laughs> they come and they round people up in countries because they can't defend themselves. You have a right to self-defense. You have an inalienable right. Now, of course, uh, these guns are, are mass destruction weapons. Okay, let, let's, let's, let's not equate any gun to what Russia just blew up accidentally in one of their, one of their towns. Oops, there goes a nuclear weapon. That's a weapon of mass destruction. A weapon of war? 
any gun, any knife, any pair of hands is a weapon of war. What's happening right now is Peter King and others on the Democrat or Republican side, they don't understand the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, any of the amendments. They don't understand them. Shall not be infringed. Infringed. Shall not be. You can't change this right. It's the only one that has that clause in it. You know, it doesn't say, hey, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. It says, just says, shall not. Congress shall not do these things. This one is, no, no, no. Not only so you shall not take these guns, you shall not even infringe on them. You can't even come close to this one. Well, you know, you're what? You're not going to ban somebody crying fire from a crowded movie theater? Well, that one doesn't say shall not be infringed, does it? This one does. And it's not that I love guns. It's that I love freedom. I love freedom. What is the real cause of what's happening to us? I'll get I'll get to it here in 60 seconds. Stand by. You know, as an employer, you can sometimes find it difficult to motivate some of the people that work uh, with you. Exhibit A, the hapless millennial. You've hired him, not off the street, but off the floor of his mother's basement, <laughs> filled with options of and empty of ambition. He, um, he mostly breathes your company's oxygen and collects a paycheck. Should you fire him? Well, maybe, maybe. He's young. Maybe he's lost his motivation because he's been in a system that has taught him everything that is the exact opposite of the truth. The weight of an entitlement in video game has given him terrible posture. And so you look at him and say, you know what? Not only is he screwed up, look at his posture. Maybe the first step is to get that guy an X chair. X-Chair, patented, dynamic, variable lumbar support system. Even a millennial might be forced to be productive. Yes, it's true. I'm sorry, I hate to make fun of millennials because I think a lot of them are great. Some of them have more than bad posture. If not, if you can't find a millennial to give this to, give it to a person that takes his place because I guarantee you're not going to want to send this chair back. X-Chair is on sale now for $100 off. Just go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com or call 1-844-X-Chair. Go to xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code X-Wheels and you're going to receive a free set of the new X-Wheels with your chair. It's xchairbeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. I want to talk to you about the real problem in our society that no one seems to want to address, but it is everywhere. We are in a society right now that is fundamentally changing. We are changing on many, many levels. We're changing, we're changing jobs. We know that things are not going to be the same. Massive companies are trying to find their way through this this change. 
our towns are changing. There's no jobs in many of our small towns in America. Farming is seemingly dying in this nation. We are, we are a nation of farmers. When you lose that, you begin to lose real meaning. Our, our city skylines are so bright, we can't even see the stars and ask ourselves, wow, who, who are we? Let alone, who am I? We are being filled with meaningless junk. We're a nation of shoppers. We're all trying to fill some empty hole. There doesn't seem to be any answers. Not from the ages. No, look backward. Look backward and see if you can find any answers. No, nobody at any time had any good answers. No, it's all new answers. That doesn't make sense. Our children aren't talking to each other. We're just texting one another. We're, we're becoming animals online. There's a real problem with depression. Suicides are through the roof. What is the cause of mass shooters? Most times it's loneliness. They've been ostracized. They feel alone. They don't have any meaning in their life. They're looking just for something to make them feel, or worse, looking for something to make them famous. Because that's how empty we are. Do you know that scientists now say they're on the verge of creating a pill to make loneliness go away? What the hell, what the hell does that pill do to you? It makes you not feel lonely? Should we not be working on a pill and be maybe perhaps working on ourselves? To be able to see people for who they are and where they're going and what's happening in their life? Depression is something that hits and you think it's logical. It starts someplace logical. And then it's like a snowball. And if you're prone to clinical depression at all, and we all go through periods of time in our life where this happens to us. There's a chemical reaction. You're not getting the endorphins in your brain that you need. And so what happens is it starts out logical and then it becomes clinical. Then it becomes chemical. And you go further and further and further down until you start thinking, you know, the answer is the world's better without me, but I'm not going alone. Who's having a serious conversation about the mental health of our society? Who's having that conversation? Why do you think drugs, opioids are so out of whack right now? We're having an epidemic. It's worse than anything I think we've ever had before. 
and I've lived a few years. I remember how bad crack was. I remember the heroin plague. I remember all of this. This is worse because it's coming in pills and it's going everywhere. It's in the inner city. It's in the heartland. It's happening with old people, business people, homeless people. It's happening with everybody. And it's rotting us from the inside. It's an opioid crisis. It's not an opioid crisis. It's a gun crisis. It's not a gun crisis. It's a human crisis. It's a soul crisis. It's a loneliness crisis. It's a lack of meaning crisis. It's a depression crisis. People only shoot other people when they feel there's no meaning attached to anything. I finished a book today. I finished it this morning. It's uh, called The Volunteer. And it's a guy who uh, was a was a Polish um, resistance fighter. Started fighting against the Germans from the minute they got in. He's just a normal, ordinary guy. And uh, what happened to him was he... He just changed. He saw a need and he just changed. And he he went and he volunteered to go to Auschwitz to see if he could help. And then he fought his whole life. His whole life was just hell. He was in Auschwitz for two years, then escaped. And I mean, the things that happened to him, just horrible. I want to I wanna share one thing that he wrote just before he was killed by the Russians it it is our answer it's not more gun control drug control or anything else the answer when we come back you're listening to Glenn Beck I am very fortunate that I lift my head from the pillow in the morning. And uh, the last time I lifted my head uh, was last night. It's fantastic when you can sleep all the way through and you're not tossing and turning. Constantly, constantly, that has happened in my life. You have to have the right bed. You have to have the right everything, really. But the right pillow. Do we really think about the right pillow? You lay your head down and you pick it up in the morning for the first time and you've been resting your head most likely you're sleeping with a my pillow my pillow or they are amazing you get fitted for your own my pillow and the sleep that you will get will never be deeper or more satisfying and easier you'll wake up refreshed rested and ready to conquer your day right now Mike Lindell is offering the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV you can get a two-pack of my pillows premium my pillows for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow. The offer is available at mypillow.com. Call 800 966 3117. Use the promo code back. 
JoinBlazeTV.com. Uh, get the promo code Glenn. It's going to save you 10 bucks. Make sure you catch the TV show every night. BlazeTV.com. Man, I'm really excited to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, Tecovis. I know how ridiculous a great pair of boots can cost. Tecovis makes great boots and accessories. They sell their boots directly to the customer, so their boots are half the price of anything that's even similar in quality. They're all handmade with a 200-step process with only the best materials. Their entire line honors the timeless traditional boot styles. No silly stitching or sequins or loud colors or anything else. These are just great boots like my grandfather would have worn. With Tecovis, there's no need to break them in. They arrive already ready to be worn immediately, comfortably. They're easy to order with tremendous customer service. Tecovis always has free shipping and free returns. Check out their boots and their clothing and accessories right now. Tecovis.com slash back. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. So we're talking about uh, gun control now. Peter King is the first Republican to sign on on the uh, gun control and the assault weapon ban because it worked so well the last time. The problem is not guns. And I know people will roll their eyes at that. It's not guns. Just like the problem is not drugs. The problem is not the Internet. The Internet just is. It's what you do with it. The problem is not video games. It's just what you do with it. The The problem is not the gun. The problem is that while the gun is fully loaded, too many of us are empty inside. I told you I was reading this book. Um, it's called The Volunteer. It's about a guy who I'd never heard of. Um, his story is just being told for the first time because it was lost under the Soviet era. And it came out about 1975 and then wasn't really told. And this is the first book. It just came out a couple of months ago. First book about this guy. He's an amazing guy. He was a regular guy in Poland. Not Jewish. And um, was seeing what was happening. And he was in the underground and heard that these people were being sent to Auschwitz. This is before anybody knew about gassing or anything else. And he said, somebody's got to get into that prison and find out what's going on and let the rest of the world know. And so he volunteers to go in. And he goes in and he's in this prison camp. And it's, you know, it's Auschwitz. And he goes through all of it. All of it. He's there for two solid years. And he's writing and smuggling things out to the West, and the West isn't paying attention. He can't get even Warsaw to pay attention. They just blow it off and say, it can't be true, blah, blah, blah. He, he's there as they're building bigger crematoriums and gas chambers. Okay? He sees it all. He sees that they're doing 5,000 people a day. He finally says, I've got to escape. I've got to get out of here. And I've got to tell the world myself. So he does. Nobody listens to him again. He spent his whole life getting people trying just to listen. Then the Soviets are coming in. He's trying to get people to listen. And England and America won't listen to what the Russians are doing to people. He's eventually rounded up by the Russians and he's killed. After five years of this just heroic struggle of just this ordinary guy. Before he's rounded up, he just writes, you know, his memories of Auschwitz and everything. 
and it said that his orientation had shifted. No longer did he need his readers to understand an evil that defied comprehension. Instead, he only asked them to look within themselves for that which they could share with those who suffer. Quote, I have listened to many confessions of my friends before their deaths. They all reacted in the same unexpected way. They regretted they hadn't given enough to other people. They hadn't given enough of their hearts, of their truth. Sorry, of the truth. The only thing that remained after them on earth, the only thing that was positive and had a lasting value, was that that they could give of themselves to others. That is the core of our sickness. We don't have any institution or anything else that is really training us to do those things, to be that person, to be accountable to something higher, not because you're forced to, but because it's right and it's the only meaning in life. That's the illness. We have a hole inside of us and nothing of the world will be able to fill that up. Service, seeing the pain of others. Not gun control. What a typical politician and, I don't know, well, I, Western answer to just give you drugs. To have mm. you no longer have loneliness to take away your options so you no longer are violent. What are you talking about? I mean, uh, Pat Gray is here with us, who is, uh, I would say, an expert on the Constitution, and he is very familiar with the Pete Clause. Now, this is a clause, of course, that allows all of your unalienable rights to be overwhelmed if someone named Pete says that they should Mm be. Yeah. Uh, And it's a big reason why Pete Buttigieg is is in the race right now, because Mm -hmm. he could really overwhelm anything. He doesn't need any laws passed. He just can just say, Pete, I'm Pete. Wow. Do you think the Pete clause? I think that's very clear, though, in the good and plenty clause. Oh, yeah. Within it, this, the subclause is the Pete clause. Is the, yeah. 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 The good and plenty clause, of course, was actually quoted by, who was it, Wrangell? Uh, yeah. Uh, if to, to, it was He didn't say it was verified. Con- might have been John Conyers. Conyers. I don't yeah, know, it was whatever. John Conyers. It I don't was. think he actually said the good and plenty clause. I think that's what it morphed into. Yeah. I think he said something <laughs> think, like... I think it was a good and welfare clause. Yeah, like, this yeah, is like yeah. the idea that it's, they can justify anything in these hidden... Like, you know, the words might be there. They just mean new things to them every yeah, day. Right. Yeah, right. And they always make this so, argument that it's a living document. It's like, well, in a way, it is a living document, right? You it can, can be amended. It. You right? can change like, it. You can make it. It can mm-hmm. always change, but you can't just make it mean new things without amending it. That's deconstruction. That's, that's different. That's progressivism. Mm-hmm. That is uh, postmodernism. So, uh, Pat, they come to your door. Mm-hmm. This passes. Now, last time this passed, you didn't have to give up your gun it just you, you couldn't buy any new you couldn't buy any weapons, new guns quote unquote. um right. and uh, and that was it but i don't know if that's going to be enough for these people they ban the guns mm-hmm. so you can't buy anymore then they go and say you know what we need to we need to round these guns up they're just too dangerous and they'll start with a buyback yeah and I, you, I'm not I'm selling it back not interested in yeah, selling it not back. interested yeah not interested first, first of a all mandatory buyback yeah i know yeah well i lost mine i lost my weapons uh 
yeah, a while. How back. many of them? Uh, I just only had I only had two, and I mm-hmm. I took them with me to a range, and and then I I you know I just absentmindedly left them there. Holy cow! Yeah, Man, that's not it was did a little irresponsible. That? I did. I called. Uh, the authorities to let them know that, hey, I forgot my guns at the range, and mm. I don't know where they are now. I went back, so, and they were gone, and my cell phone died. So, <laughs> I have to tell you, you know me. I'm a great sportsman. I'm a great sportsman. Yeah. So oh, I took yeah. all of yeah, my yeah. guns, yeah. Uh-huh. and I, I had them in my, my fishing boat. Because mm-hmm. you know, I I always wanted to fish, but I don't like to fish. I can't get the t- the... the well, you know, the fishing line gets all tangled and stuff. So I brought mm-hmm. my guns, and I was going to fish with guns. You're going to shoot the fish in the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then just float to the top. Mm-hmm. Well, little did I know, I was I was in a lake with flying fish. Oh, no. And they flew down, and they, like eagles in their claws, oh, they no. swooped wow. down and grabbed That's the guns. Usually what they do, though. Took them to the bottom of the sea. Mm-hmm. So I don't have did them. Did you report that? Uh, I, you know, I didn't have a video camera of the flying fish. Right. And I was afraid that people were going to say, oh, you're, you were, you know, hurting their claws and their ankles oh, okay. and stuff. Mm. And then PETA would get us. Sure. So I didn't. Cause uh, I had a water accident wow. with my guns as well. Did you? Yeah. I, I, uh, I also took them out on a boat, um, to do some fishing and, but, and I used flex seal tape. To to flex Holy to seal the entire. Cow, that should have worked. It should have worked. Because and then I got. Did you the, saw the boat in half first? Yeah, and then I saw. You flex. I thought that back. was the way you're supposed to okay. boat. I'm not a boatsman. Uh-huh. You're right. yeah. So I thought the way you boated was to take a boat, seal saw it, saw it in, half, in half, then put it back together with flex seal, seal tape. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I tried that, and I went out in the middle of water, and, and I know that I know the product works very well, <laughs> but I may have made a mistake in the way I applied you it. You know, it's weird. Both sinks lose all the guns. Greg oh, no. says the same thing. No. He says oh, no. he has lost his guns. How did you lose your guns, Greg? Hey, how's it going? It was a, he was boating. Oh, no. oh, no. You had a boating too, accident yeah. as well. Oh, what yes. happened? Yes. What happened? Well, I just forgot to put the plug in. The whole thing just sank to the bottom. Oh, <laughs> good thing you were a good swimmer. <laughs> I, well, it was, you know, it was only six feet deep. But. Mm. Right. Oh, wow. Mm. Right. You can't get to the bottom Seems of that. Seems like that's dangerous. That's, that's, yeah. that's dangerous. Current, it would burst the your eardrums. Them away, oh, sure. the current carried, oh. carried them away. Yeah. Well, See, it seems to me at this happens. point we shouldn't be banning guns. We should be banning boats. They seem yeah, very unsafe. It does. It Listen does. to how many accidents we've heard about in the last right. five minutes. Okay, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to ask a serious <laughs> question. I'll start with you, Craig. <clears throat> Greg, you tell me, if they ask you to turn in your guns, mandatory buyback, you're a law-abiding citizen, do you do it? Okay, first thing, how is it a buyback if they never owned them? <laughs> right? Very okay. good point. Mm-hmm. The question is, we right. can play this game all day. The question <laughs> is, it doesn't matter. Uh, so okay. you're a law-abiding citizen until you don't sell your guns back to the government. Do you sell your guns to the government? Answer quickly. Same we have answer. we have a lock on you now. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. Same answer I have for when they tell me what I can, what religion I can go to. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Thank you, Greg. I, you know what? That is to me, that's the right answer. To well, the government, is. that's the wrong answer. Yeah. To me, that's the right answer. But how many of we talk a big game now? 
Yeah, it's a lot harder when but it comes when down to But when they show up at your door. They show up at your door and they're like. As they've already done in New Orleans yeah. after Hurricane Katrina. And nobody gave anything. up their guns. Nobody did They anything. gave them up and yeah. they never got them back in many, many cases. Yeah. Now, I, you would hope before it got to that point, the Supreme Court intervenes and declares it unconstitutional. So we never have to worry about it because uh-huh. hopefully it's still America. But if it's not, uh, you do have to make a choice. And I, Yeah, I, and if it's not, isn't the choice isn't the choice already made if you believe in the Declaration of Independence? Well, I mean, look. I, well, yeah. I, yeah I mean, it is your right. It is your duty. Yeah. You got to believe, though, 90% of people, even the people who would call in today and say that they would keep their guns and no matter what, would, in in the face of a you know a raid, are giving them up. However, 10, 20% of gun owners decide to keep them. You have a civil war in your hands. That's still 30 right? million like, oh, people. I think you have. Yeah. I think if they ever, ever come for guns, you have a civil war. Mm-hmm. I, I think so there's too. enough people, uh, and 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 they will just start shooting. Uh, there's enough people that will start a civil war, and you will then be then the average person will then be in the position of, who I don't necessarily agree with everything those guys are doing or saying, but I don't agree with those guys. Who's more on my side? And I think, as always. It will come down to personal decision on. I I don't know how to feed my family. I don't yeah. know what to mm-hmm. do. For almost everybody. I mean, look, we're all law-abiding citizens. Number one. So when even I freaking pay my income tax, and you know what, I don't feel like I want to. There's a lot of things that I think the government does that are that are wrong that violate my rights. Now that particular one is in the Constitution, unfortunately, thanks to the Sixteenth Amendment. But when it comes down to things like the Fourth Amendment. How many times is that violated on a daily basis? We're not all the time. It gets all the time. So, I, you know, it is. And I that may is like to, I'd like to make the point real quick again. So is the third. So is the third. We're the only ones saying it. And so is the third. They're quartering soldiers with the NSA in our homes right now doing the same thing. Mm. They're listening to our conversations and yeah. they are recording what our papers and, and personal papers are. That is the Third Amendment. It's that just what a it was modern designed. version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was dinosaur. But the point is, though, like, we know our constitutional rights are being violated on a regular basis. And most people, while they'll, you'll fight against them, we'll do shows, we'll try to elect politicians, we'll do everything that we can within the system to try to make sure those constitutional rights get respected. When it comes down to it, 90% of the people are going to say, you know, look, this is the law, and I, I'm just going to keep fighting for my rights. Mm-hmm. There, but there is a group of people out there that are not going to go that way. No. And this is something, this is no. one of the reasons why the Second Amendment exists. Because let's just say this is just common sense reform, blah, blah, blah. The, it, it doesn't always, it's not always common sense reform. It could be someone who's tyrannical. And the reason why that the, this amendment exists in the first place is that if, there, if it is tyranny, then there is a, a, a way for people to you fight just ha- You just have Hitler. to ask yourself, both sides, both Republicans and Democrats, think the other is either a communist or a fascist. We Both sides think we are so close to being a totalitarian state. We just don't see our side being the side that does it. Why at that time, when the one thing we agree on is the state is growing too much power, why hmm. would we give our guns up to that state and make ourselves more defenseless it's insanity it's absolute insanity pat thank you so much for joining us you can listen to the pat gray uh, radio roundup in the brand new studio by the way yeah, yeah. pretty fancy yeah. pretty fancy all right uh you can see it wherever podcasts are uh, are found or you can listen to them live on blaze radio every day as they record it 
Bridget Fetessy is coming up in just a second. She wrote a great article um, about the people who just are tired of all of it. Coming up in just a second. American Financing would like to remind you that home is where the heart is. When you consider the investment and time and money and attention and work, all the parts of yourself that you pour into it, giving that place a life of its own, you realize that your home is much more than the sum of its parts. It's a place where your family gathers around to shield one another from the storms of life. Your home should always be an investment and not a liability. And if you're in a variable rate loan or mortgage at more than 4%, you should give the people at American Financing a call. In 10 minutes, they can do a full mortgage review that could end up saving you thousands of dollars over the course of your loan. Your home, your, the value of your home, extends far beyond the money that it's worth. But so does your peace of mind. And you have to be responsible and do the right thing so you can keep that home. AmericanFinancing.net. They've got you covered coast to coast. If you want to refinance your home, please, please call them now. American Financing. I've worked with these people for a long time. It's a family-owned, operated uh, business. They don't work for the banks. They work for you at AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net or call 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation. NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So, you know, we won't listen to the government, you know, with our with our thermometers. They're telling us now that you should be 78 degrees this summer when you're at home, at home. And 80, 80 or 82? 82. 82 when you're sleeping. Uh, no. And you know what? I'll defend that right with my gun. (laughs) You're listening to Glenn Beck. I'm Hillary, that's your four-minute buzz, and now here's Glenn and Stu with more. Thank you so much, uh, Hillary. I want to talk to you about real estate agents we trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a uh, website uh, where you will find the real estate agents that I trust, that we have personally hand-selected, and we we really monitor them. We have one guy whose job it is to just to monitor all of the results and everything else to make sure that uh, these real estate agents are exactly who they say they are. They're the best in your neighborhood. They're the best people to help you buy or sell. They have a great track record. Their word is their bond. They, they are all about service, service, service to make sure that they are with you every step of the way and that your house is uh, sold on time and for the most amount of money or that you buy a new house in a new area and it's the right house and you bought it for the right amount of money. This is not a sponsor that I recommend. This is my company, realestateagentsitrust.com. realestateagentsitrust.com. 
They live up to their promise, and they will get your home sold fast and for the most amount of money. Otherwise, we won't we won't recommend a real estate agent in your area if we can't do it right. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Like millions of other Americans, I'm exhausted. I'm not tired from hashtag resisting or tired from screaming at a MAGA rally. I'm tired of the toxic tribalism infecting the very foundations of our democracy, straining our relationships, and poisoning our view of our fellow humans. The author of that paragraph joins me in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, our, our brains are not uh, programmed to remember pain accurately. It's why we look back in the old days. Ah, the old days, those were good times. No, they really weren't. They sucked. It's a biological defense mechanism that allows us to actually survive. I think the most tortured people on Earth are those, I think there's seven of them currently alive. Seven people that have perfect recall of every day of their life. Perfect recall. I can't imagine the hell that is. That is. You remember exactly like it's happening right now. Your mom and dad died. Uh, no way. The brain does some amazing things. You know, uh, you fall out of a tree, you break your leg, you forget the pain. You remember the lesson, hopefully. But that pain doesn't go away for some of us. Sometimes it lingers, making life harder. If you're suffering from pain and you want it to go away, what price would you put on making that pain go away for yourself or for a loved one? Let me speak directly to wives. Um, if your husband is anything like me, he's going to fight against this because I don't need it. It's not going to work. Blah, whatever the reason is. My wife forced me to start taking Relief Factor. I did. I'm married to a good woman. She was right. It has changed my life. If you are looking to get out of pain, 70% of the people who try Relief Factor find the relief they're seeking. You want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Bridget Fetisi. She is a comedian. She is a writer. She's really screwed up. Uh, and that's why I think I like her so much, because <laughs> I can relate to her uh, so much. She joins us now. She's just written uh, an article for The Spectator called The Battle Cry of the Politically Homeless. Hello, <laughs> fellow traveler. How are you? That's quite an intro. She's really screwed up. <laughs> well, I mean, you are. Let's be it's let's true. be honest. It's yes. True. Uh, so, Bridget, Clearly. just for anybody who doesn't know you, you were a writer for Playboy. Uh, you you've always considered yourself a progressive, but you're not somebody who really even thought about it. You just did your life, right? Yeah, I kind of always refer to it as my factory settings. It was more, you know. It was like I was in a Google self-driving car, and I just 
was born and raised a liberal Democrat and worked really hard and was chasing, you know, paycheck after paycheck and never really paid attention, was told that people like yourself are evil and um, just kept moving until I came out of my coma in 2013. And you came out of your coma because you started saying things that all of a sudden were not politically correct. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, the, the culture, I, I mean, I think that the culture has shifted to the extremes in both directions. So perhaps a lot of people haven't moved. The culture moved around us. And yes, so I was not aware of this. It wasn't like I was online participating in, in the culture wars all of these years. And I just stumbled into them. And I think this is true for a lot of Americans. And so now you write this for the spectator because nobody is, I mean, you've been erased from Playboy. I mean, that's saying something. <laughs> they don't erase anything. Um, but all of your all of your articles that you wrote for them for a long time, they're all gone, very popular, gone. Very popular. Um, and, uh, and you've kind of been, as the Chinese would say, disappeared. <laughs> uh, I, I have a bet, yeah. Right. It's- it's interesting time. Right. And so the people that are talking to you are people like me, which you don't necessarily are. You're not necessarily thrilled about. You're not like, oh, I'm thrilled. What? <laughs> I'm thrilled to be talking to you, Glenn. How dare you? <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, you never saw yourself two years ago going, you know what? I'm going to be friends with Glenn Beck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have. I always say this because I got sober in 2013, and I, I say if you had told me in 2013 that I would have been friends with Glenn Beck, I would have been like, what drugs are you on? And give me more of them. <laughs> so uh, you, you, in this article, you talk about how um, you're just, you're somebody with a brain, you have your own ideas, you might disagree with people, but you're not in a tribe, and this has got to no. stop. I think, you know, I I get a lot of fair criticism on this, obviously, um, from the tribes. And I'm not so naive to think we we live in a two-party system, essentially, when people might feel this way. But then when the going gets tougher, it comes to voting day, they have to pick something. Somebody, they have to make a choice. But what, you know, I set up an email for people to tell me how they felt about this. And... Some people say nobody's shifted politically. They just are. They just think they might be more conservative, but the culture has shifted, which in a lot of cases is probably true. And obviously, the what I'm hearing is self-selected because I represent these people who don't feel represented. So these are the people who are writing me. Now, what is interesting are the people who have shifted politically and are in swing states. Those are the ones who are fascinating to me. Like a woman wrote to me from Florida and she came center from the right because of Trump's often demonizing rhetoric. And she just doesn't like the way that he speaks. And as um, she mentioned that she just doesn't know if she can stomach voting for him, but she certainly can't get on board with the left either and i said you know i asked her what she would do and she doesn't know she my biggest fear is that people like that woman will set the election out completely that won't be good 
No, that won't but be there's good. a lot of people who are just saying I'm this. It's disgusting to me on on both sides um, and not to be, you know, I think ultimately too the other refrain that I hear over and over and over again are people who have been alienated by their the left. And essentially they say Trump is a limited problem that we have to deal with what they're seeing on the left socialism and um, free speech erosion in a social way, that kind of approved message that everybody needs to get on board with or be canceled, that that is more insidious and dangerous in the long term than whatever is going on in the right. So it's interesting. It's interesting. My, in my inbox and if people want to email me, they can. I am politically homeless at Gmail. Feel free. I'd love to hear from anyone. So the criticism I get from the right the most is that I'm of moral relativism. And on the left, it's that I'm um, like a, a Martin Luther King kind of white moderate. What? You, what what so is the left good. saying to you? White? I don't even understand that. What? That I'm like the equivalent of a good German. And, and, you know, like, or uh, as they, I heard like a, a thousand times that um, Martin Luther King had a lot to say about white moderates, which is, is ridiculous because not everybody writing is white. So this is that argument. We just, we live in a bizarre time. Listen to this. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. We all, both sides have worried that our rights would be trampled by stormtroopers in the government, right? We all thought, you know, the government's going to go fascist or communist or whatever, and, uh, you know, a Bill of Rights, and, and they're all going to be taken by the government. But really, it is insidious the way this is happening. The government's really, the government is really becoming Google, Amazon, you know, these right. giant corporations, and the stormtroopers are just the mob. Neither one of those are covered by the constitution so yeah the the google can isolate anyone they want the government couldn't because of the first amendment but google can and the enforcers are not coming from the government they're coming from the people yeah this is this is what's deeply concerning to me is when it it I, you know, on my good days, I feel like that kind of cancel culture in particular where I'm seeing it on the left and progress in progressives, nobody's pure. Nobody can pass these purity tests constantly. Eventually this snake will eat it. So it's like a snake eating its own tail. Eventually it has to eat itself and maybe fizzle out. But then I see something like what happened with Sarah Silverman, for instance, last week where she went on a podcast and she was talking about how she got she lost a movie role because of her um, because of the sketch she did in 2007 in which she was in blackface and 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 apologize for in like 2010 on her own show and apologizing. Yeah. And and it was a, I, I believe it was a it was a criticism. You know, she was making fun of racism. Yeah, she and, was. And so this is the stuff that is deeply worrisome to me because we have to offer people paths to redemption. And 
when you're canceling people for things that they've apologized for, that they maybe have learned from, I don't know, from, from the perspective of somebody who was a Democrat and looking at perhaps what the Democrats are doing going into 2020, I don't actually see how that's helpful to them. Now, you know, people on your show are like, good, they're walking right into a brick wall again, which I I understand. But from the perspective of somebody who's, uh, I often hear that, you know, if you're in the center, all of these YouTube is creating this path to the right, and there's only a path to the right. Well, that's because the far left has eroded the center left, and there is no path to the left, essentially. If you're you, if you're a moderate, even at all, you're essentially, you know, I don't I don't even know if you're right. If you're right of Bernie, you're essentially a conservative yeah. now. You're as it's bad crazy. as me. Yeah, you're as bad it's as me, crazy. and I'm bad as Hitler. Yeah. Um, hang on. Um, we're going to continue our conversation with uh, Bridget Fetisy. You can find her and follow her at Twitter at Bridget Fetisy and. Um, back in just a second more on the battle cry of the political homeless um, I, as a gun owner you know that I am a second amendment a firm believer in the second amendment I'm sorry Peter King you're wrong you're wrong uh, and most gun owners take owning and carrying a firearm seriously I know you do too I firmly believe that continuous training and education. I was just talking to my daughter yesterday. She just got a gun. She had an incident. She got a gun. We went training, and I said, you carrying your gun? And she said, no, Dad, I haven't been training with it. Good. That's a responsible gun owner. This is why the USCCA always pairs their gun giveaways with a chance to activate the life-saving education and training of their membership. The USCCA fully dedicated to education, training, and legally protecting responsible gun owners like you and me. Right now, they're giving away free guns every single day just to introduce themselves to you if you're a responsible gun owner. Every day in August, a free gun is given away. You could be a new Glock, Kimber, or even an AR. Yeah, I'd say this is politically incorrect and maybe a little politically risky. I don't care. It's 100% free, 100% secure. It ends August 30th. What you need to do is text the word Glenn to the number 87222 right now. That's G-L-E-N-N to the number 87222. Get more information and rules. Go to uh, protectanddefend.com. Standard message and data rights uh, rates do apply. It's Glenn, G-L-E-N-N. To the number 87222. 10 seconds, station ID. Bridget, you're new to the gun world. Are you not? I'm new. Sorry, I didn't. You're new to the gun. Way. You're new to the gun world, right? Um. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and were you just your de factory default settings against guns? You know, I think that when you when people ask me what um, when I started really opening my eyes to to the culture wars, it was around 
probably 2014, 2015. And there was, I was writing for Playboy. There was yet another mass shooting. And I was emotionally reacting as is completely understandable in those situations mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know anything about guns. (laughs) I don't know how to, I don't know anything about them. I don't know any, I don't know anything about the laws. I don't even know how to to hold one or load one. And, and so I realized, you know, I understandably why I would react emotionally, but perhaps I should maybe get some information before I was spouting my mouth off. And I go on. Can I tell you something, Bridget? That is something that no one in the media does the majority of them have zero idea i could i'm not a gun expert i could trap them in two questions they have no idea what they're talking about and yet they're coming off and pontificating and look i'll have a reasonable gun conversation with anybody if you know Mm -hmm. what you're talking about right but if you're just if you're just making stuff up well an assault weapon what's an assault weapon what is it can you define it well, it looks spooky. I mean, well, you know, that's you can't have a conversation. That's like trying to uh, uh, talk about if we should go back to the moon or not with a kindergartner. <laughs> it's interesting because I put out a call to my listener or to my at that time following it on Twitter. And I said, you know, I don't know anything about this. I'd really like to hear what you have to think about it. And I got such thoughtful, intelligent, long written answers about people's feelings at primarily independents and conservatives about the, um, you know, responsible gun owners in most cases. And then I started just doing my own research and, um, and being that, uh, and, and now I'm, you know, starting to shoot and I, I, Oh, yeah, you will I mean, be ours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, according to the left, I already am. Yeah, so. I know. I know. I know. It's a, it's just crazy. It's crazy because I was told that the people that I wrote about, that I, in the battle cry of the politically homeless, I was told we don't exist. You know, they're by both sides. Everyone was like, and people like you don't exist. Oh, I think and you're the I think you're the majority. Yeah. But again, the question is, okay, so we're confused, which and maybe feeling morally conflicted about what to do in the upcoming election or politically conflicted. Or there's one, you know, there's one thing that we believe in that will have us vote one way or another or are strongly against. And so. I understand when people say they don't exist. I, mm. I know what they're saying, that at the end of the day, people have to pull the lever and vote. Yeah. Bridget, it's a lot easier to just throw people in categories, though. We only have about one minute left, but I wanted to get your take on this Joe Rogan article that came out from The Atlantic. Oh, you have an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do, actually. <laughs> What's I the mean, problem with it? I just think it's an insidious attempt to undermine the very real need for men like Joe Rogan and masculinity what that his fans represent. And I know what they're doing. And also comedy. I know what pieces like this are doing because they've been kind of implying that Joe is this person who is, you know, a gateway drug to the outright and pieces like this Ugh. lay the groundwork very insidiously for that. And this is where I, I rage. 
The alt-right is very specific and very small. (laughs) It's very small. There's nothing about Joe Rogan that the alt-right would go, I like that guy. I think he, I mean, they might like him to watch him, but that's not, he is not (laughs) alt-right. Oh, these people. I know. It makes, I get frustrated because I I feel like it's hard to put your finger on, but I'm like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing with this piece. It's ridiculous. And it's undermining. It's like, oh, why is this guy who's representative of millions of men popular? I, what are you talking about? Why is that even a question? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird piece. I mean, it kind of it, it makes it appear as if what they're saying is like, look, we're you know, he he's really problematic. He's giving pe- voices to these people on oh. the fringes that don't deserve voices. And like, that's a who uh, are they? To, yeah. Who are they? Who are they? Yeah. Who decided that they could have a voice in whatever magazine or whatever they who who gave them the right to speak for everyone? It's so passive aggressive too. Just the way that it says things. I think at the end, his conclusion is, you know, I tried on Joe Rogan's masculinity. It's not for me. But that kind of insidious throwing under the bus of masculinity is um, this is not good. Okay, we'll come back. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that. And the underlying problem is. Uh, I think that no one is willing to talk about, and you are in a unique position to talk about it. Bridget Fetisy. We uh, continue our conversation with her coming up in one minute. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So I don't know what you dreamt about when you, you know, thought about your your perfect home, uh, owning your own home. Maybe you pictured the picket, uh, you know, uh, pictured the white picket fence. And the tire swing under the oak tree and the breeze dancing across the blades of freshly mown grass, carrying on its back the sound of children laughing and birds chirping and blah, 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 blah. What you didn't dream of is when you needed to sell that home. And that day came, all the romantic notions you associated with your home fell right out of the bottom of the box pretty quickly. And they were like, yeah, you need to update this crap hole. And you're like, wait, what? We created realestateagentsitrust.com. We took the best practices that make every great real estate agent great. We only work with those agents who have met those high standards. Uh, And those are the people we're going to send to you when you say, I want to sell my house. Because lots of excuses from real estate agents for not getting the job done is, well, you got to fix this crap bowl. No, no. Let's talk to the experts, shall we? If you're looking to buy or sell a home, realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there first, realestateagentsitrust.com. Christmas Stories with Glenn Beck, a live show in oh, Salt me. Lake City. Yeah, December Comedy. 7th at Kingsbury Hall. Get no your in- tickets and information at glennbeck.com. You know, there's a lot of people that are really starting to wake up. Some of them have been uh, neutral and just kind of asleep at the switch politically. Um, and that's one of the people we're talking to who I think is incredibly brave is Bridget Fetisi. Uh She's a uh, writer, host of the podcast Walk In, Walk-In's Welcome. Um, but we've had uh, Jamie Kilstein. I just had a podcast with Jamie Kilstein, what, last week? 
Now, this is a guy who, I mean, he was nasty to me. Had me on his resume as not liking him. Uh, and war is it a, as a badge of honor. And we had a great conversation, Bridget. Just great. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love Jamie. And he's, and it's, it's people who are saying, wait a minute. Uh, let me examine what I've done. Let me examine what I really believe, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and those people are going to change the world. They're just, because I think that's the majority. They just need the majority just needs to see people willing to take the hits and it's scary. It is scary. And it's easier for me because I don't have kids in a school system. I don't have a a job that's corporate where I'm dealing with HR. I, I, when people ask me what they should do, depending on their situation, I, especially um, coming from the left in particular, I I'm usually understanding of why they have to keep their head down and be quiet. I'm less so. I used to be more so. I'm less so now because it's not my country. It's not your country. It's all of our country. And you're risking just as much. I mean, you are. Uh, I'm risking. Mm, I'm not risking my livelihood because this is my livelihood. So I I am understanding when, you know, That's not people true. have mouths to feed. That's not true. I've talked to you in, in times when you were like, I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know who I'm going to work for. I don't. Well, yeah, that is true. Right. I, and I I've, I've, I've risked my livelihood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have put true. my livelihood and my life in some regards, my family's uh, yes, on, on the line. That's true. So, mm-hmm. um, so let me change subjects because w- w- I brought up guns with you a minute ago because uh, we're now talking about banning assault weapons, which We've already done that. It didn't work. And so it was lifted. Um, There was no statistics that show that's effective at all, period, zero. But I don't think that we should be having the gun debate, quite honestly. I think this is because we're a society that is run by politicians that want to divide us, and nobody wants to actually talk about the truth. The truth is... We're having more shootings and mass shootings and shootings in Chicago because there's a hole in us. We are a sick nation and a sick culture. And and all of us, the the drug epidemic is because there's a hole in us. Mm. It's so complex, you know, when you really look at all of these situations and there are many different ones that you just mentioned, it is incredibly I'm fascinated about the psychology and the social psychology that happen that's happening and I do feel like there's a certain amount of I always joke on Twitter I say are you okay America (laughs) you know there it feels like collectively the entire country is careening towards some kind of rock bottom like we're we are so, um, uh, so I'm I'm more concerned, Bridget. Maybe you're saying this. I, I'm more concerned that um, so many people feel lonely, empty inside. They have deep depression. Nobody's mm-hmm. talking about the mental health of our kids or of our society. Nobody's mm-hmm. talking about this, and it's insidious. Or they do, and it's it's a, in a way that um, isn't helpful. So if you're talking about mental health, it's in a way that's kind of still making it seem, 
I feel like I don't know anybody who doesn't have mental health issues. I have mental health issues. How, there's, it's so rare to meet somebody who's just balanced and doesn't struggle with some form of anxiety or depression. And, and well, you live in Los Angeles or California, so <laughs> <laughs> in Texas, we're pretty stable. We're pretty stable. I, I do think so. Yeah. Yes. And yes. And no. I think that a lot of it's hidden because people feel like they have to hide it. Yes. What I, what I learned um, in writing for Playboy all those years was that men in particular, there's a lot of resources for women to kind of talk about their feelings. And it's when I would reach out and say, Hey guys, how you doing? Or ask them a question. I would get these long essays because they didn't really feel like they could open up to somebody or they didn't feel like it was socially acceptable to admit that they were struggling. So there's a lot of secretiveness around struggle, feeling like you're struggling. I think people feel isolated by their own struggles because they feel like they don't want to admit that publicly because well, it will make them seem weak. Yeah, they don't they don't believe or know yet that everybody is going through something that they're hiding. Everybody mm-hmm. is going through mm-hmm. something that they're shamed of or they think they're alone on and they're not. They're just mm-hmm. they're just not alone. You I'm a huge fan of therapy. Yeah, you <laughs> you are somebody who went through uh an awful lot um your story, your life story is amazing. And if you missed it, you can listen to uh, my podcast. Uh, just go to wherever you find podcasts and look for the one with Bridget. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, uh, I think, as well. Um, but you have a fascinating life history. But you got to a place to where you thought you you had no value. You, mm, right? Worthless. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I hear this a lot from people all across the board and i think what you're talking about this this hole that we're feeling a lot of uh, that a lot of people are relating to that there's this sense of meaninglessness hopelessness and worthlessness and i am a huge advocate i had to build my core and my self-esteem basically from the ground up and this is where I am an advocate for reaching out, asking for help and personal responsibility because no one can give that to us. We have to go outward for help and inward to look, hold that mirror up to ourselves and truthfully look at where our weaknesses are, where we are, you know, a lot of people will be struggling and I, I'll be talking to them and I, my email is always filled with people telling me their stories. And then you find out perhaps that they're drinking too much or et cetera. So there are certain things that people can do to change their life and they, it, they're hard choices and changes to make. But the easy thing to do is sit around and whine and blame everybody. The hard thing to do is to look at ourselves and say, you know, it truly is changing yourself and then um then change the world kind of changes around you just by by the very act of you taking control over what you can't control which is is essentially your yourself bridget do you feel you still battle with days where you're like i'm worthless for yeah um more so Less worthlessness because I have deeply gone into 
I found God essentially and not to mm. turn off all the non believers, but hang on um, just a second. Our apologies then to Fred. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I did find, I do, I, I, I think I struggle the most with nihilism and in, in our culture today, I feel everything's so connected. We're living in this 24 hour news cycle that just wears you down as you and Stu know probably better than anyone. And it starts to, you start to feel my biggest struggle is the nihilism, and I've written about this before. When I'm in that place of what's it all for, that is a dangerous place for me. So you know it's amazing? Uh, like, if you look at the millennials, you see mm-hmm. that all of the, they just want to be a part of something that, of meaning. And then the other mm-hmm. side of the millennials is uh, life has no meaning. It's either, I mean, it is, there is this, this, that generation is yearning for something of meaning. And yet everyone, you know, in their life, generally speaking in culture is taking away everything that has meaning, you know? Uh, and so but if you're meaning, not, go ahead. Right. I see what you're saying. No, I just, I think that meaning and what I really had to learn, particularly getting sober is that meaning doesn't happen to you. Yes. You, you make meaning you have me. I volunteer with elderly people. I go, I vol. I work with people who are addicts. I feel like being of service is a way to find meaning instead yep. of hashtag resisting online all day and expecting the meaning to come find you. And this is, I mean, I think the biggest problem in America, honestly, other is a two pronged, sense of entitlement and victim culture. And this is all across the board, left, right, and center. I see it everywhere. And when I read my grandfather's letters from World War II, the tone in which he writes is so inspiring and not whiny. And I see it even in myself. We live in just a whiny culture in general. It is the, it's the air that we, we breathe and live in. And I have to, you know, he's writing about being underway and getting bombed every day for two months and then calls himself out for self-pity. I'm like, Grandpa, <laughs> you can feel sorry for yourself. You're getting bombed. Wow. <laughs> and he, he's like, I know that nobody would want to feel, you know, nobody wants me to feel sorry for myself and I'm just having a moment. And it, and we're out here like, when you know, that's why when, when you called me brave, which thank you, I appreciate it. I think it is some of the speaking out is an act of bravery. But I mean, I read my grandpa's letters every day to keep me in check because that was a brave man who was fighting for something that he believed in and with no self-pity or victimhood at all. Will you do me a favor? Would you come back? Would you come back? um, Go through your grandpa's letters and give us give us examples of his writing and then come back. Yeah. Okay. I will definitely. Good, because I'm tired of listening. You're Maybe we'll listen to your grandfather. Maybe he had something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm tired of listening. <laughs> to you. Okay. Bridget, it's uh, always great to talk to you and have you on. Uh, always and, great uh, to be here. Let me know when you when you can you know compile some of your grandfather's uh, words because I think I think that'd be great to listen to. Okay. Yeah, I would love to. All my best. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye bye. God bless. I love, 
love people who are open to discovering new things and people who are taking charge of themselves. Uh, she, her story is, I mean, she was a heroin addict. Uh, she was, you know, uh, raped when she was, you know, in her teens and just, I mean, she has had one bad thing after another. Uh, so yeah, she screwed up, but boy, she's more sane than most people I know. I think imagine for a minute that you're sitting at your computer. Maybe you're checking your email, looking up recipes for the week, whatever it is. You're trying to change the hearts and minds by posting your latest philosophical epiphany on Twitter. So you can find your meaning. Whatever it is, there's someone standing behind you, watching over your shoulder. The kind of thing that bothers you, and you can feel it. You can feel somebody is sitting next to you or behind you, and you can just feel them. You're like, dude, what is wrong? This is what I'm describing. What I'm describing is what happens to you every time you get online with a Wi-Fi connection, or really any time you get online with Google. They're just watching. They're standing there. If you don't have a virtual private network or a VPN installed, Somebody is watching you, not only the companies, but cyber criminals as well. They want to track your browsing activities. They uh, are trying to block companies from you to see. And cyber criminals are seeing all of your information. All you have to do is log in once. They run it in the background and they got everything they need. Norton Secure VPN. Browse, uh, browse privately. Secure your connection today. Just head to Norton.com slash VPN. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Protection starts at three thirty three a month for the first year with an annual enrollment. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Terms and conditions do apply. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know, we just um, I just did a commercial for uh, Norton VPN, and and I was writing some uh, notes on it afterwards um, because you have to understand why a VPN is so important. And this is not a commercial. Um, uh, and we were talking about ransomware that is going on right now. There's a backdoor through uh, Microsoft, and the government had it and exploited it, and then everybody else started to exploit it, and they're like, hey, you should fix this. <laughs> oh, thank you, Uncle Sam. I appreciate that. Um, but now it's being used against state and local governments. Baltimore was, was one of them that was hit, where they're just shutting down uh, all of their systems, and you got to pay X number of dollars in, uh, in ransom. Mm-hmm. How much money has been paid in the last year yeah they said last year the ransomware attacks like uh i think it was five billion dollars they brought in for criminals um and that's across you know all sorts of platforms a lot of it a lot of it through cryptocurrencies um and now there's i think 12 different uh, government agencies in texas that have been hit city governments by the same type of thing and what's Let's happening? Ken Paxton or the governor on about this? I'd love to hear. It's fascinating because it. I mean, they're, basically, they're just shutting down the system and saying, "Well, you can have all your data back if you pay us, you know, whatever, a couple hundred thousand dollars of Bitcoin." It'd take a lot more than that for them to fix the system. So there's actually like city governments who are paying criminals. Where is the federal government on this? I, I, you know, I mean, I think they're doing I mean, what you, they can to stop it. But I, I mean, you uh, mess with you've done twelve cities in Texas all at once. You might be messing with the wrong state. And is it legal for? A, a government 
source to pay a criminal ransom? Like, is that a thing that you can do? Like, I, I guess if I'm a, an individual in <laughs> or I'm a company, maybe you do that. And I don't even know if it's legal in that case, but I'm surprised that a government agency would be able to pay some criminal in Bitcoin to get their information back. But I think they're saying, like, look, it's a lot better than trying to do it some other way. We just got yeah. hit with this one. I mean, you know, you think about it could go to a criminal. Yeah, it also could go to... ISIS. ISIS, right? They think some of these payments have yeah. gone to places like ISIS in North Korea. Right. I yeah. mean, hey, there's a good idea. Let's pay those guys. Yeah. It's really right. scary. More coming up. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I'm Hillary, that's your four-minute buzz, and now here's Glenn and Stu at the last hour of the show. Thank you so much, uh, Hillary. We'll, we'll try to uh, work that out in the smokehouse a little bit later. Um, I love being at my ranch, but it's also a cruel irony that I'm in the most pain at high elevations because I'm at about 7,000 feet, and uh, elevation is something that really, really increases my pain. So trying to just relax up there has not been easy until recently when I started taking Relief Factor. It has changed my daily life in Dallas, but it has also allowed me to not just be crippled in pain while I'm up in the mountains. I love Relief Factor. I, by the way, every day I feel like I'm begging you, try it, just try it. You don't have anything to lose. Yes, $20, and that may be a lot of money, $20. But that's like, uh, you know, what, four cups of coffee or one at Starbucks. Uh, and and if, you, if it works for you like it does for 70% of the people, you're out of pain. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Get your life back. Go to ReliefFactor.com. All right. Final hour of the broadcast. And we want to talk about guns some more. A new way to look at it. Next. of entertainment and enlightenment. I want to take a look at the Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment. Stu, pull that up, and I want to compare the Second Amendment, what it says, to what uh, presidential hopeful Elizabeth Warren says she's going to do and has a right to do with guns and ammunition. You want to talk about you want to talk about an assault. I don't know what an assault rifle really is, uh, but I know an assault on our Constitution when I see it. We go there. Yes, even for you, uh, Peter King, who thinks as a Republican that you can ban assault weapons, weapons of war. We'll, we'll explain it to you. And a new way to look at this argument in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Something I've talked about a fair bit for a long time is the danger of cybercrime. Through various means, criminals can hack into your bank account, drain your money from it overnight. You could literally watch your entire life savings disappear before your eyes. The same thing could uh, happen with just a, an EMP. Uh, anything that you really have in the bank can be lost, even through the, quote, good guys, the way they rewrote the banking bills. You know that you are the creditor of last uh, of uh, last resort. So, in other words, 
you if if there's a crash, if you have money in the bank, you're the last person that gets paid. Yeah. Check your bank uh, statements. It says that in it now. They changed it after the collapse of 08. This is one of the reasons why I consider putting at least a portion of my money into gold. Gold. It is, it's, well, it's gold. It's the gold standard. It is the thing that the world always comes back to. You know, the burnt fool's wobbling finger eventually goes back to the fire. We always go back to gold after we've learned our lesson. Right now, um, if you just uh, if you just call them up, you call them today, ask them about their legal tender bars. And if you do, you'll qualify for these uh, little silver coins. They're little silver bars, actually. Uh, and they have uh, MYB on it. This comes from Benjamin Franklin. Uh, putting on our money the first coins we printed as a nation. And I just love this said, mind your business. It meant... Get your nose out of everybody else's business, but also pay attention to what you're doing. I love that. Mind your business. You can uh, you can get these just free, just for asking. Just call them up and uh, talk to them about their legal tender bars. But please consider gold or silver as a hedge against insanity. And the world is getting more and more insane every day. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Elizabeth Warren is proposing, she's not alone, you also have Peter King, the Republican out of New York, now signing up for the assault weapons ban. Uh, but Elizabeth Warren is now proposing additional unconstitutional act, uh, actions against the Second Amendment. And her idea is to tax Americans out of their guns. Here's what's going to happen. The federal government is going to uh, squeeze the, fa- uh, the banking and financial community to stop people like MasterCard and Visa and big banks from doing business with gun manufacturers, giving them loans, uh, even offering financial services uh, to not only the gun makers, but also the gun sellers. So if you go in to buy a gun, they'll be eventually they'll say, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't take Visa, MasterCard, American Express. Uh, they don't do business with gun sellers. So then what do you do? You got to go to the bank. Okay, so you go to the bank or you write a check. Will it? Will the bank cash that check? Is the bank willing to give a loan to either the guy that wants to open up his gun store or the, the people who are making the guns? And then if after all of that is done, imagine the price of guns, after all of that is done, then she wants to tax you an additional 50%. For the guns and the ammunition. Okay, now listen, I, want, I just want to read what she wrote for an op-ed in Medium. I want to give you one paragraph, and I want you to see if anything sticks out here, because something stuck out to me that is that bothered me. Increasing taxes on gun manufacturers. Since 1919, the federal government has imposed an excise tax on manufacturers and importers of guns and ammunition. Now, I know if you're a longtime listener, you heard 1919, you're like, he's going to go for Woodrow Wilson. Yes, that's a grand. No matter if it said 1919 or not, yes, that's going to happen. Handguns, but that's not what I was talking about. Handguns are taxed at 10%, and other guns and ammunition are taxed at 11 These taxes raise less in revenue than the federal excise tax on cigarettes, domestic wine, or even airline tickets. 
It's time for Congress to raise those taxes to 30% on guns and 50% on ammunition, both to reduce new gun and ammunition sales overall and to bring in new federal revenue that we can use for gun violence prevention and enforcement of existing gun laws. Oh, my gosh, what a pile of crap. Now, what sticks out to you? There's a lot there, right? For the prevention and enforcement of existing gun laws, please. You can use that revenue for to stop gun violence? How? What, throw more money at it? Yeah, it's working so well with education. It doesn't work. Maybe it stuck out 30 and 50% on ammunition? Nobody's going to go to the range. Good. So now if you do own a gun, you can't afford to go to a range, and uh, so you're sloppy with a gun. Oh, that's brilliant. No, here's what stuck out, stuck out, and it was the stumbling block of 1919. Since 1919, I immediately thought, Woodrow Wilson, I hate that guy. And then I continued to read. The federal government has imposed an excise tax on manufacturers and importers of guns and ammunition. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's an excise tax? Now, I've, I know what an excise tax is, but I wanted to know what, the, what is the definition of an excise tax? What is that? The excise tax is a tax that the government can levy on companies, products, and privileges. Hmm. Privileges. Yeah, things like you need a license for. So in other words, if you live anywhere near a beach or a city with a beach, you might have to pay an excise tax so you can get the beach sticker so you can go down and park by the beach or you can use the beach, right? That's an excise tax. That's all good because we all have to work together. And the beach is a privilege. The beach is a privilege. The government says the beach is a privilege. Now think about, think about how screwed up that one is. So what are they saying? Guns are a privilege? No, we know. This is 1919. We know that people in 1919 took the Constitution seriously. This was at the beginning of the progressive movement, and so they were a little, by 1919, they were a little back on their, uh, on their heels, and they were like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, what's going on here? By 1919, Americans were paying attention. So you couldn't have a direct assault on weapons, so you couldn't say, hey, I'm going to tax this because, like that beach, it's a privilege. You're going to say, instead, to make guns is a privilege. To sell guns is a privilege. Yes, all men are created equal, and yes, I know, these rights shall not be infringed. You have a right to a gun. But it's a privilege to make and sell a gun. And that's how they got around it. And now... Now that we just accept this excise tax as a privilege to make a gun, because I can't make a gun. Can you make a gun? Can you make and sell a gun still? I cannot. No, you can't. You'd go to prison, right? You have to have a license to make and sell a gun. No, it's a privilege. It's the privilege. They're just selling you a license. That's all they're doing. And they're just, they're just going to put a little tax on here just for the privilege of everybody to do this business. Uh, that's infringement. That's infringement. But we let it slide because we could still buy and sell guns. And it was only 10%, 11%. We're used to taxes, right? Okay. Now, here's where I want to, 
here's where I want to take this. And I just want you to just fix reason firmly in her seat. It is a privilege to make a gun, but it's a right to own a gun. So Wilson went around and said, yes, but it's a privilege to make or sell or buy. But you have that right to carry it around. So now the government made this a privilege instead of a right. And yet with health care, which is a privilege, God did not give you a Blue Cross Blue Shield card when you were born. It didn't, it didn't come and, ah, quick, we have to spank the baby. So he coughs up his health care card that comes with him. That's not an inalienable right. It is a privilege. And it is a privilege we want to voluntarily share with one another. And it's a privilege to uh, be able to buy into it or to live in a place where it is offered. Okay? But it's not a right. But access, access, my right to try to find uh, health care remedies is my right. If I have cancer, I have a right to try whatever I have to try to stop my cancer. Is that accurate, Stu? I should have should. a natural right to defend myself, whether that is somebody with a gun or with somebody or with a, a, a virus or a, a disease like cancer. Right. right to try is a law we shouldn't have to pass. Correct. It's a natural right. It's a natural right. I, have, I believe if I eat these berries and pray to this elephant, which is me, uh, <laughs> you know, I have a right to do that. It's a strange okay. religion, but yes, I'm praying okay. to, to Glenn Beck the elephant. However, that's not the right here in America. You have a right to health care. And so what did the government do? The government is making things so onerous on private individuals, private companies, that we're helping people gain access to that health care privilege. They made it so onerous that they're now cornering the market. And now they're starting to say, we should make all pharmaceuticals. You know, we, we should have a single-payer system. We should have a national government-run healthcare system because it's a right to healthcare yet they're violating the right because if you have a sick baby and somebody over in the vatican says we'll take care of him we'll pay for it we'll pay for the flight we'll pay for everything you don't have a right to say i'm taking my baby out of the hospital you don't have a right to do that they're cloaking healthcare right but they're making it a privilege. They're giving you an excise tax for the privilege of accessing the health care they want you to have. So they've taken a privilege, health, and made that a right while stripping away all your actual rights there. And then they've taken a right, defending yourself with a gun, that shall not be infringed. And they're making that a privilege. That's what's happening. And if you notice, both of these things really can only be explained in one way. It gives them control over two of the most important things in your life. Health and safety. 
The other one is who you are, what you believe, what you think. And that's on the ropes as well. Now, you can do that online. You can be a, you can, absolutely, I want you to be a reporter. You just have to have a license. Somewhere in America, within the sound of my voice, there is a man whose frontier was warfare in a dense, rainy jungle. A place where, if the incessant noise of buzzing insects didn't drive you crazy, the fear of, of, of what you felt when they went silent would. The only comfort you had was knowing that whether anyone recognized it at home or not, you were fighting for your country. Since a kid with this man, that has been his frontier the whole time. It's where he wanted to be. But it wasn't his fate. He was just a little too young when all that business over there ended. Instead, he marches every day through a concrete jungle, feet resplendent in a pair of Tecovis boots. He wears them because they're comfortable, they're stylish, but more importantly, he wears them because they remind him of the spirit of the country that he would have fought for. It's alive and well inside of him. When he walks into a room, everybody knows he's different. Tacova's boots, they're all handmade by some of the finest boot makers in the world, some of the most exotic leathers. I love mine. You're going to love yours as well. Find your pair right now to covis.com slash back. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back to Covis boots, Western goods for your frontier. 10 seconds station break for station ID. You know, I never I, 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 I thought about this last night when I was going through that monologue and I and I thought. I never realized what we, we keep saying healthcare is not a right. It's a privilege. But we never we've never tied it together with. Wait a minute. They're saying it's a right while taking away our fundamental right. They're jamming us into this thing while saying, oh, by the way, you can't do that. No, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't have that medicine. You can't go see that doctor. You have to do it our way. If it's a right, then I should be able to do it any way I want. I have a right to breathe. Well, no, 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 no. You have a right to breathe four times an hour. No, I, I, I can breathe a hundred. I can breathe a thousand. I can, it's a right. I, it's, it's, it's in me. It's, that's what I am. They're taking all of our rights and making them privileges they're there and they're taking our privileges and making them rights because we don't even understand what a right is anymore. And it seems like the, there's this temptation to say, well, that's just an annoying process argument, right? Like we these things are good. And therefore, whether the what the Constitution says, whatever it says, we need to get these things done because they're positive, right? They're good things. You know, you hear that a lot with guns, right? It's like, well, yeah, sure. It's not supposed to be infringed, but come on, bump stocks. Come on, that's crazy. And it's like, well, there's a reason this process exists, and there's a reason why the United States has had a consistent constitution for several or a couple hundred years here, and the everyone else running in the world. In the world, and that's not a co- that's not there's not like that's not a coincidence that we have the longest constitution in the world, plus are the most successful country in the world. 
right? Like there's not a, there's not a, that's not, those things aren't disconnected at all. They're completely connected. And because we've stayed somewhat close to the constitution, unlike other countries who have either violated or rewritten it completely when it seems convenient, it's given us, given us the, the ability to prosper the way that we have. It's given us the ability to create all the medicines that save lives around the world with very few exceptions, all the medical innovations that are around the world with very few exceptions, all the things that this country has been able to accomplish, which includes lifting billions of people who don't live in this country out of extreme poverty. Mm -hmm. All of those things are consistent with the concept of having not only a very well-written and well-thought-out constitution, but also one that we've actually followed and stuck with. That consistency is not just something you toss away when it feels like a good idea. I mean, like, you think about, go back to, like, things like um, interracial marriage, mm-hmm. right? Like, there were times when progressives, they came to the people and said, look, yeah, I know, sure, you should be able to, you know, do what you want to do. Uh, and, you know, we really don't have anything that's going to restrict race in there. But, look, it's obvious black people and white people shouldn't be getting married, I mean, can mm-hmm. you imagine the consequences if black people and white people get married? Mm-hmm. And so they came in and said, well, you know what? You don't. Eh, they, you shouldn't be able to do that. The, there, you have to remember that we're not always right in the moment you think you're right. Because and right science now, never is right forever. No. And they are, they're the never. only ones that can tell you that they were wrong. wrong. Um, but th- which, of course, then means that they're always right in the moment, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic trick to play. But it's one of these things where, like with guns, you know, you might think that right now, you know, the, the priority is mass shootings and we need to pass laws that are going to stop mass shootings. We all want mass shootings to stop. But, I mean, again, we had more than double the amount of people that die every year in mass shootings die. Children in cars because it's too hot. You know how many people die because of cows in this country? The same amount of people that die because of mass shootings. Cows. Yeah. Cows. Cows kill 22 people per year. Cows are slow. Mass shootings kill 22 people per year. Cows and mass shootings have the same death count per year. Uh, and this is not a country that I don't think we're banning cows unless it's for global warming. Well, it's not for tax. Right? They could be assault the, cows. Uh, the cows that are all black, they're much scarier they than are. the ones that are black and white. When they have the, the attachments at the yeah. bottom. Did you see all those attachments where they pulled the milk out of them? Yeah. Those attachments, they're, yeah. they're, they're very scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the truth is we, don't keep, we are not capable of keeping these things in perspective which is why you have a foundational document that makes you do it. You can't rush into these things. You can't violate these principles when it feels so, good. That's why these documents exist, and they exist for really good reasons. So Joe Rogan, I watched his comedy special, his recent comedy special, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm a fan of Joe Rogan, what he does. I'm not necessarily a big fan of his comedy. Yeah. Um, and not that he's bad or anything. I just, uh, it hasn't been. You've he seen hasn't a been, lot of it, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of it. It's not like my, you know, top two comedians. Uh, he's... He has, I mean, watch his new special. I think it's on Netflix. It's brilliant. Mm. It's brilliant. Um, he's wrong in, in a couple of places, but, but he's talking about the Constitution. He said if Jefferson came back, he said, I think the first thing he'd say was, you didn't write any new words? <laughs> I wrote this with a feather. <laughs> but it does, that's true. It's not that you don't write new words. You know, to amend it. You have to amend it. We're not amending the Constitution. That is the way it was laid out. You should change it, but you have to go through the amendment process. You're listening to Glenn Beck.
American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So Tanya and I have been selling, uh, selling my house. We have, to do, we have to do some updates on it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, we were walking around last night. We were talking about the updates. And we were like, you know, I, why are we moving? Really like this house. And it's not the house. It's, it's, it's what it has represented with the family. It is, I mean, it's the place where we've, where we've all gathered and we've all gone through storms and the grandkids come over. I mean, it's really tough when you want to sell a house. Really tough. Especially when you don't want to sell a house. You know, if you have to change jobs or something, that really is tough. American Financing can help you do and weather those storms. They can help you get your home sold fast and for the most amount of money. And if they don't have a real estate agent that is the best in your area, we're not going to assign one. It's AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net, or call 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. Salt Lake City, December 7th, Glenn Beck. It's Christmas Stories with Glenn Beck Live. Tickets available at glenbeck.com along with VIP packages. Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. Yeah, Alan Omar unleashed a series of false statements about Israel yesterday in response uh, to the nation blocking her from entering after she planned on meeting with uh, organizations that she said, this is what, this is what she said, uh, and that's what she said. She said, I was just going to take this trip to Palestine, which doesn't exist on the map, uh, and I, I had... Um, Plans to meet with Israeli officials. Okay, she was lying about that. She didn't have any uh, any plans to meet. Uh, she what, what she did have was uh, meetings with groups that praised suicide bombers who killed Jews, promoted neo-Nazi screeds, and had connections to designated terrorist organizations. So she had that going for her. And maybe a stop at Rashid uh, Tlaib's... Uh, grandma's house i'm not sure yeah i'm sure because she might be a wolf i don't know it could be like the little red riding hood it's possible grandma might be a wolf it's it is possible at this point i know rashida came out and said that she would look i'll visit when i can visit as a free a free citizen and it's like well if your grandma's really 92 93 years old and in failing health like do you not step up and just make the trip i think if you're the grandmother at this point you just have to realize rashida doesn't want to see you she was lying about it she was using this as a thing to vilify israel she doesn't want to see grammy she doesn't care about grammy she's not interested whatever you're like you know your home cooked apple pie or whatever the thing is that you make that you think she loves she doesn't she doesn't like it imagine if one of your kids said Oh, I haven't been home for so long, and mom and dad are sick. This might be the last Christmas we have with them. Right. Uh, and, you know, I also am going to, you know, rekindle the love with my one boyfriend that mm-hmm. I had. He's back in town. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's not He's not back in town? 
Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to spend another Christmas at some point, uh, you know, when I'm really free to go there and really love the people that I love. Yeah, I, we got it. Alana Mar. Um, okay, so let me go to, uh, let me go to, well, since we're at the Holy Land, could we just talk about the Holy Land for a minute? The meaning of Christmas. The meaning of Christmas is uh, cookies and uh, food and uh, family. Yeah, yeah, we get down to the Jesus thing eventually. But after about, oh, 45 minutes of hard laughs of, of how ridiculous we become at Christmas time. Uh, I'm talking about the Christmas show. We haven't done this in years. Um, we, used to, we used to travel like, like 40 cities uh, every, every Christmas, and we would do Christmas stories. Uh, with Glenn Beck. I haven't done it in probably 10 years. I really want to get back on the road. We're going to just start this Christmas with just one city, one show. It's Christmas Stories with Glenn Beck, uh, and it, the city is uh, Salt Lake City, so I will uh, be in Salt Lake, and that is December 7th. Tickets are on sale right now. You remember, I mean, these, I'm like really excited. I wish we were doing more than one show, but uh, I'm really excited, because this this was our Christmas tradition for a long time. Yeah, we used to do it all the time and wound up being, I mean, we used to do weeks of these tours. Just, weeks. But it, it's wound up being, you know, expense and all now with TV and all of these other things, it's been impossible to be able to pull it on the road for that long. Yeah. But I know it's one of the funniest shows you have ever done. I mean, that is, I, it's probably my favorite Yeah, because show. it's not your family. Right. I, I like laughing at your <laughs> right. sorrow. So if it's you hilarious. think your family is crazy, <laughs> wait till you meet mine at Christmas. It's nuts. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, the, I can verify this. You've yeah. told many stories about this. And over you the years. didn't. And how many of these stories did you not believe until you met my family? Oh, all of them. I right. don't know that any of them. I actually. They seem like funny, juiced up stories. Yes, yeah, juiced up stories that you're doing for stand up comedy, right? Yeah, and that's right. how a lot of these things. They're happen. not. Not in this case. Not in this no, case. These are these, these are, are real stories. There is. You know, what's amazing is this is the only show that we do that we never have to write. We don't have to write it. Because no. Stu will, will be in a meeting, and Stu will say, and Glenn will tell the the nuts story. And, then, <laughs> and we don't need a punchline. We don't need work on it because that's what happened. <laughs> you just tell it in chronological order, yeah, and it's, it's just that ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I'll, so if you think your family is nuts, come meet mine. Do we get the uh, the, the couch story? I think I have to do the couch story. <laughs> the couch story. I think I have to. Is utterly amazing. Yeah. You must and, do the couch story. And word for... Oh. God is my witness, Stu. Mm -hmm. God is my witness. 100% true. Mm -hmm. I've, I actually confirmed it with other family members yeah. uh, back in the day because yeah. I did not believe it. There and are there things in our family that are so crazy. I've asked. I've called up my, I've called up my aunt. She's like 80 now. And I, I call her up and I'll be like, hey, I just want to make sure that I'm remembering this right? Is this what happened? She'd be like, oh, yeah, crazy as a loon. I mean, it's, yep. And then she says, are yep. you going to come visit me soon? And you're like, ah, I got uh, banned. I'm I sorry. I just go can't to Israel. make it. Yeah. I got to go to Israel. <laughs> I'm visiting Rashid Tlaib's <laughs> grandma. You know, that's what we should do. Oh, we're going to be in Israel in about eight months. Let's go visit her. Oh, my gosh. We should go say hi. We have to. She needs the visitors. She. Uh, we won't hopefully get banned. Uh, maybe she would like maybe we can ask Rashida Tlaib 
if there's anything that she would like us to bring to her grandmother, since we're going to be that in Israel anyway. That might fall into the category as someone that you don't really know giving you anything <laughs> before you boarded this flight. It may be. <laughs> it might fly into that. Yeah, that yeah, might be a way for Yeah, us. but it's only from Rashid <laughs> to leave. It should be fine. It should be fine. <laughs> okay. I did not think that one out uh, fully. In retrospect, bad idea. We will not be yeah. doing that, Israel. No, I just, yeah. But Rashid to leave gave me some, <laughs> You'll be having a cavity search before you can finish her name. Mm, yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, you can get your tickets now. Uh, one show only, uh, December 7th, a night which will live in infamy. Uh, it's in Salt Lake City. I would love, love, love to see you. Uh, join us there. You can get your tickets now uh, wherever tickets are sold or glenbeck.com. It'll take you right to the site. Just go look for the Christmas thing on glenbeck.com. All right. I got to get this off my desk. I, I... Steve King, would there be any population of the world left if it wasn't for the rape and incest? Come on. I mean, what? You know, this is drunk news. That's what this is. What 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 if we went back through all the family trees and just pull pull out anyone who is a product of rape or incest? Would 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 there be any population left in the world if we did that? Oh boy! Just, just not, Steve, what are you doing? I don't know I why mean, he feels the need to chime to in speak. on so many things. <laughs> to speak, just to shh, 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 shh. yeah, inside voice doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly where he's going with that stuff, um, but this is uh, this is typical uh, of I think our uh, of our world because we look at um, there's so many strange things that come out mm-hmm. uh, from public figures in mm-hmm. the media as well. Mm-hmm. Can I give you this story? This is a very random story, mm-hmm. but I'd okay. like to give you this. this is more random C- than Steve King? Uh, yeah, I think okay. so. All right, this is CNN, mm-hmm. um, and they have a story about how salmon are dying. Now it's very sad. Usually in know. my grill. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, listen to CNN's report about uh, why salmon are dying in Alaska. Nearly about a thousand of these Alaskan salmon have, have gone through this, what they call a die-off. And again, we'll never know the exact number of exactly how many die, but they're attributing right. this to the hot temperatures. Not necessarily just from this week, although it was very hot in Alaska yeah. this week. Mm-hmm. But they're thinking that most of the damage was actually done about a month ago when they were first coming up that main stem of right. the Yukon River. Okay. Temperatures in the river would have been about 70 degrees. Now, that may not sound all that bad to mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. but they're but used to, to temperatures closer to 60 degrees. And that much yeah. of a difference is too much for the fish. Okay. So maybe a day or two they can handle it, but for that long-term journey that they make, that becomes too much. Too Heat toasty. stress takes over, and mm-hmm. they end up okay. dying from that. Okay. And yes, and unfortunately that's a thing. But it's the economic impact in the short mm-hmm. term. Yes, mm-hmm. people. This is a big tourist thing. People fly to Alaska just to be able to go salmon fishing. But the thing is, <laughs> the, this, you're talking about a thousand out of a migration fish. that they expect is about two million. So in the short term, it's hmm. not going to cause too many issues. But here's the main concern: okay, wait. those fish are no longer now going to spawn eggs. Oh. Four to five years from now, when they mm. would have made that migration trip themselves, mm. now they have to start worrying about, are those numbers going to be there? Okay. So it's more of a long-term concern rather than a short-term what's okay. happening now. So let's think about this one a little bit. All right. Okay. okay. So I it's don't two have million. with this so far. So, of course not. If I don't want fish to die before I get there with my hook. Right. Now, which is where you're going to, when you would normally well, see, kill them. So it's hurting the fishing industry up there because people fly up mm-hmm. to Alaska. So many people, and they're not flying up now because the fish are dying. Mm-hmm. And so 
I mean, so the fish are dying, and so no fishermen are coming up to kill the fish. So what happens when those fish who died of natural causes, as opposed to my hook, Mm -hmm. don't spawn in a few years? It's a long-term problem, but anyway, go ahead. It is a long-term problem. Mm -hmm. You really have to use your thinking cap to get through Mm -hmm. it. So there's 2 million fish making this journey, and 850 of them, 850 out of 2 million, um, apparently, have uh, passed away, tragically, in this heat-related Incident, but what well, I f- we really don't know the numbers. It could be five it, million. It could be, could be more than even make the journey. Right. I think the interesting thing, though, is is the concern mm-hmm. for these eggs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not life. We know that this isn't life, right? Like we're not worried about a, a salmon's eggs. No, we're we? talking about the salmon that have eggs mm-hmm. that choose to go upstream. Choose to go upstream, right? In a few years. And they were going to lose their eggs. So we're concerned about future generations of salmon. Yeah, but these are wanted salmon. Mm. These are wanted by people who eat salmon on very nice little plates uh, mm -hmm. around New York City. Exactly. Now, 850 uh, salmon doesn't sound like um, a ton, (laughs) especially when you know that bears eat about 40 salmon a day. So that would get you to about 1,200 a month, which is more then would die in this entire incident. In, of course, in addition, what we're talking about is them going to a place in which the object of them getting there is to die. Like, the whole point is they want people to be able to fish because it's going to hurt to- uh, tourism. Beyond... Why beyond don't we just all, kill one bear for be, a month? You kill one bear for a month and you save right, more, which right. would be which would be. just put way to go. sleep for a month. Um, and it kind of had me thinking, too, of, like, we talk, toss this number around all the time, which is devastating when you think about it of what 60 million abortions that have gone on in this country but we never price in the generations lost it's not just the person who's aborted it's all of the people that would be born from those people that were aborted good i mean what would happen to our overpopulation problem if that that's exactly what they'd say and it's a fascinating but think about that because you know they're always like well what if we lost an Albert Einstein. What if we lost, uh, you know... Uh, we have. Well, We've probably lost hundreds of them. Hundreds of them. I would also say that uh, human life is valuable, whether you're good at science or not. Mm-hmm. So really, a lot of crappy people we lost, too, but those mm-hmm. are also valuable people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also lost generations, entire family lines. We're, we're over a billion abortions worldwide now. Over a billion. We only have seven billion people here. Think of just a billion, pl- and then Think bring it down that. the lines. One eighth of everyone alive today well, could, potentially could have been alive, yeah. and then more than that, right? An abortion that happened in 1975, right? That person would have had a baby because uh, I was born in 1976, right? So abortion that would have happened if they would have aborted me. I know a lot of people rooting for that. If they would have aborted me in 1976, I have also had another child, right? So my mom had a, a child, a and I, that child had a child. And hang on, just a second. Two. Would you remind me after we get off the air, Marissa? Um, Go back to work on the time machine. Okay, go ahead. You were saying? No, th- that's all I had to say. All right. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if you get it. Uh, I've got right. some dates I'd like to go back to myself. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, 1998 was a year in which I started on this program. Wait and I'd like to get minute. back to it. <laughs> Uh, one of, um, uh, one of the people that I work with was on a three hour car trip last week when the air conditioning suddenly went out in his car. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, I believe this summer has produced the heat of a thousand suns here in Texas. And, uh, this person and his wife 
uh, got to positively simmer with the windows rolled down all the way back home. Now, if he'd been thinking ahead, which I'm betting he will be from now on out, because I can't imagine what that trip would be like in Texas, driving across Texas in this heat with no air conditioning. I'm betting, I'm guessing my wife would be in a really good mood. Hmm. So if you'd like to make sure she stays in a really good mood, may I suggest Car Shield? In addition to providing 24 7 roadside assistance and rental car while yours is in the shop, the thing that sucks about stuff like this is it goes out and you're like, oh, geez, how much is this going to cost? And you're hot until it's fixed. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair extremely easy. You can even have your preferred mechanic or the dealership do the work. It doesn't matter. Most companies won't give this choice to you, but you can have it done at the dealership if you want. They're the ones using all the products, and they know the car best, blah, 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 blah. Get them to do it. And you don't have to wait for the check coming from CarShield because they pay the mechanic directly. Call 800-CAR-6000. 800-CAR-6000. Mention the promo code BECK or visit carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10%. carshield.com. Promo code BECK. 800-CAR-6000. Promo code BECK. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So I just saw that Google employees are marching around. This is an honest question. I don't have the answer. They're marching around Google protesting their employer because they want Google to stop working with ice. Now, my my thought first was, oh, yeah, but China's totally cool. And then I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. I know what they're doing with China. What 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 exactly is Google doing with ice now if it's. Hey, they use our cloud service. Okay, well, I mean, it's your right as a company to do that, but are you really going to sort through every single company? It's just you're not working with them. If you're working with ICE, what are you providing? What do you have information that you're do you have surveillance? Do you, do you have some sort of way to tell who's who and are you providing that what? I think that's an interesting question of what what is Google doing with ICE? I mean, I'm a supporter of ICE, but uh, gosh, are they providing information for the government on things? Is that uh, seems like something all of us should be concerned about? No? More on that tomorrow. You're listening to Glenn.